the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's the Dennis Prager Show on this 18th day of June, 2021. Fresh out of the box, let us uh, reach the obvious conclusion, I am not Dennis Prager. Dennis is back on Monday, but I'll tell you what, we hang out together a lot, and it tends to be a good time when we do. And on a Friday, it may be particularly topically festive, so it's great to be back with you again, or by way of introduction, if we've never hung out together, Mark Davis from 660 AM, The Answer, in steamy Dallas-Fort Worth. But i got to tell you, we're used to hot in Texas, but we ain't Phoenix, we ain't Vegas. Uh, this ain't climate change, by the way, if we want to hop onto the weather forecasting train. Uh, boy, we got a ton of, of, of affiliates across Arizona, especially there in Phoenix. What are you guys looking at? 117? What? And I don't, I don't think you guys want to hear, yeah, but it's dry heat. 117 is 117. Oh, my Vegas, 114. Really, like 95 here. I uh, I may put on a parka or something, uh, and I might actually have a word or two about the uh, about climate change 101, because there's uh, you know Governor Gavin Newsom talking about oh we're fighting climate change with all these high temperatures. No, you're not. That it's one of the things we'll talk about today. One uh, eight Prager seven seven six. You know the number one eight Prager seven seven six. Watch the show DennisPrager.com. Doing the video stream, always enjoy that, and it is wonderful to uh, be here with you. And the really cool thing about this, when I do the Prager Show, uh, is there's no better show prep than doing my own program, which I did this morning from seven to ten Central Time. And so I've I've gotten in quite the talk show rhythm already with things that people seem to want to talk about. And as I often do on Fridays, let's uh, replicate that here. Uh, let's just sort of take a walk. Through the week that we have, uh, I say enjoyed somewhat loosely, there have been things to enjoy, things not to enjoy, but let us enjoy the experience of sharing some thoughts about that. Agree, disagree, love to hear from everybody, 1-8-Prager-776, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Mark Davis, M-A-R-K Davis, shoot me stuff in there, I'll take a look at that during commercial breaks, it's like a whole other show that takes place over there. But on this show, that is the Dennis Prager program, it is great to be here and to find all things Dennis at uh, DennisPrager.com and PragerU, where they teach what isn't taught. You know that by now. So let's see what we can do for each other today. Let's take a little walk through where we've been this week in the issues, where we've been in the news, what we seem to be thinking about going into a weekend. And I've got a couple of um, ancillary things to, to mention to you. Um, I write a lot of stuff. I write for the Dallas Morning News. I write for TownHall.com. And in the last few months, I've had the great joy of writing for Newsweek. And it falls down into interesting categories. For the Dallas Morning News, a decidedly left-of-center 
editorial page that welcomes me anyway, so I'm grateful, at Town Hall, which is just your pipeline for conservative uh, punditry in print. Uh, that's where I really ladle out the good, solid, conservative red meat that I love so much. Newsweek is sort of a, for a broader audience, and um, and so it could be anything. It could be political or maybe not. And my piece this morning is on the post-COVID workplace. Here we are on a Friday, right? I'm sitting in my workplace. I never left. What do Dennis and I have in common? We never did shows from home. A lot of people did. I understand it. If you've got some big, seething uh, morning team, you know, five or six people, you know, some morning zoo operation or something, and you're all in each other's grill, I, I, I totally get it where you dispatch everybody to the house for, you know, April, May, June, July, whatever, whatever you guys wanted to do, whatever the station wanted you to do that employs you. But I have a blessing of being in this room pretty well by myself. I work with people, but they're through the glass, producer, board up, news people. And so I've, I've, I've thoroughly loved getting up, leaving my house. I love my house. I love my family, but I love a radio station walking in here, sitting down and, and doing what I do. Now, it's been a ghost town in here. I've been walking the halls. Of, it's like, yeah, it's tumbleweeds, but uh, we're coming back to normal. We're bringing our folks back, and there are memos all over the place that, uh, you know, our, our mask policy has been relaxed at long last, and uh, we're bringing people back. This is not true everywhere. So, um, I'm going to ask about, maybe ask about your workplace as we, uh, let me get through the the top stories of the week, the hot topics, and then I'm, I'll share at least the gist of that column. Because while the COVID, while the virus itself is loosening its grip on us, there are some things that are never going to change. There are some workplaces that will never be back. There are some procedures that have changed. And some of them are are actually pretty good. Streamlining of a lot of health care. Uh, I can take home a six-pack of margaritas from, from a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> Priority check. Uh, there, and, and I don't mean to be flippant. I truly don't because we had a lot of dead people and a lot of slaughtered livelihoods and a lot of kids' educations sacrificed on the altar of phony COVID panic. Virus isn't phony. The panic was. The degree to which we committed economic and societal suicide on the altar of maximum virus mitigation. We we had that balance wrong. We had that balance wrong. And if this ever happens to us again, please, Lord, let this not happen to us again. But odds are, well, I don't know. I hope we've learned some lessons, and I hope that as a public, as a society, we will not let this happen to us again in the way that it has. And if someone steps forward and says, does that mean you'd have more people willing to die of the virus? There are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. There are no solutions. If you get more of this, you get less of that. You get add more of that, you get less of this. So when I say we had the balance wrong, We had X number of people who died. And of course, I don't want more people to have died. If there's some magical way to have less death and fewer destroyed households and livelihoods and futures and educations, I would sprinkle that magic dust all day. But it doesn't exist. So it's a a world of balances. There are no trade-offs. There are no solutions, only trade-offs. And so next time, and, and let me offer it in the following way. Uh, let's, I'm going to make a proposal to you 
that we uh, we drop interstate speed limits to 30 miles an hour. Your first thought might be, that's really stupid, and you'd be right. We'd save lives, though. We'd save lives. And if you oppose this, the blood is on your hands of the additional deaths from having the speed limits at 55 or 70, or like we have in some parts of Texas, 125 or whatever they are now. Uh, See what I mean? We're not going to put the speed. Yes, it would save lives to put the interstate speed limit at 30. But guess what? You got to go faster on the on, on the interstate because that's what life is about. It's it's what we need. It's what society. Everything we do is going to have a certain risk. Having businesses open, having our kids in school, walking down the street, all of these things are going to involve a certain type of risk. And we went absolutely crazy toward risk avoidance. And and how many lives did that destroy? How many workplaces did that destroy? How many futures did that destroy? How many years of school did that destroy? Speaking of years of school, I, I took a call from a wonderful Texas teacher this morning, and she said, "I we got rid of our mask requirement like at the last day of school. So for our remaining summer stuff that we got to do, I was walking the halls in a mostly empty building, but I was walking the halls mask-free, and it felt a little weird, but it felt wonderful. And I asked her, I said, enjoy summer. But isn't there another interesting turnstile to walk through on the first day of school, which here in Texas tends to be third week of August? And you're going to walk into a building uh, filled with a couple of thousand maskless high schoolers. How's that going to go? And she said, I can't wait. It will be so great to see their faces again. It will be so great for them to hear me again, because whether you're in a classroom or you know, at a <laughs> at a Taco Bell drive-through. I'm sorry. What? Excuse me. What? Oh, I'm so tired of that. I'm so so glad to be done. So, um, after we had that little stretch of conversation, she said, "You know, I have a relative who's a, a teacher in a blue state. <laughs> oh, cha 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 in a blue state, and uh, and they are still debating. They're debating. They are debating. Ready." They are debating whether to have in-person classes in the fall. You are kidding me. So anyway, well, that's just was a snippet of, of today. It was illustrative of what we're talking about, about the post-COVID world and what that has us left with. So let, let's take this pause. Let's talk a little bit about Biden uh, in Europe. Talk a little bit about uh, the, the Juneteenth controversy. It's a shame that we even had a Juneteenth controversy, but we did, and I'll tell you why. And a bunch of other things. 1-8-Prager-776. Grab A-Line. Mark Davison for Dennis. Happy Friday. We'll continue. The Dennis Prager Show. Live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. 
I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. That is the place to go, Prager U. Little Signs, original version. Who did the remake of this? Tesla or somebody? But that's the original five-man electrical band. I hope they invested well. All righty, 1-8-Prager-776. Let us uh, invest in each other here at uh, that phone number and uh, talk about things that are in the news and things that are on our minds. Um, I'm actually going to do Climate Change 101 sooner rather than later. Because a lot of people, you'll walk around, you'll hear, you know, climate change is a, is a hoax, climate change is bunk, and the cli- the, the presumption of uh, uh, of human caused climate change uh, has no basis. But if maybe nobody's taken three four minutes to explain to you why that's a crock. So I'm going to do that, and a, a number of other things uh, with re- regard to uh, to things that have been in the news this week. Biden abroad are are, are when I say needless race wars. You know, everything is just a massive racial brouhaha. The left has done this. And, uh, and and the good news is, and there is good news amid all of this hectoring and scolding and tension, is that none of this is about race. None of it. It is all about politics. So as we face all those challenges, with your indulgence, let me uh, offer what I've done at the beginning of each Prager show and what I did for the last uh, year and a fraction and what I do at the beginning of my own show, and that is to have a little word with God. May Lord guide us and protect us as we face the challenges of each new day. God, we thank you every day for this blessed nation and for your hand in creating it. Fill our hearts with the energy to protect the freedoms which come from you, which our nation was founded to protect. Lord, be with us as we chart a course out of this COVID nightmare and help us to be smart and safe as we reclaim our lives. Guide us to fight for our liberties within the law and by following your law. Let us navigate these troubling times with a positive spirit, treating others as we would like to be treated. Lord, these are times of trial and challenge. Lift us as we follow your word and work for a better America, where our Constitution is honored Our elections are reliable, our borders work, we fight for the unborn, and where our differences are hashed out with honesty and goodwill. And our freedoms of speech and worship are protected. As we face each day's problems, give us the clarity to look around and cherish our many blessings in our nation, our communities, and our families. If we follow you, Lord, we know we can get through anything. And we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. All right, one eight Prager seven seven six. Let's do a little postscript on Biden. In well, he was in Geneva, he was in Brussels, he was all over the place. And I know that everybody's front loaded. You know, the media are front loaded to say, "Oh, he's Churchill two It was the greatest thing in foreign policy history. And a lot of people, you know, want to characterize this as some kind of infernal disaster. Um, it it wasn't a disaster. But it wasn't good. I mean, what really could you expect? And I know that a lot of this is seen through a political lens, and your view of the Biden trip is is largely colored by your view of Biden. I know mine is, and I find this presidency to be just an an, un, an unprecedented disaster. Is this worse than Obama? Of course it is. Clinton looks positively statesmanlike compared to the nonsense that's going on right now. And it's because the Joe Biden that many of you voted for Because, hey, he's not as crazy as AOC. He's not a bug-eyed radical. Oh, really? We are what we do. It's behavior that dictates reality. 
And and I know that during the campaign, I painted a lot of pictures of a a rudderless, cognitively challenged Biden, you know, being led around by the nose by Pelosi, Schumer, the squad, et cetera, et cetera. And that could be what's happening. But I actually want to give him more benefit of the doubt than that in the following way. And it's not good news. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. I, I, I don't think that his synapses are flaming out as he takes the most radical views on climate, on race, on culture, on gender. And so when you take that staunch leftism, put it on Air Force One, and send it across the big pond, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get Putin on a stage with Biden, garnering all of the attendant benefits, and Biden securing really nothing for the United States. The media will garner this this tough guy image. Love the Time magazine cover of last week. Biden with the aviator glasses, with Putin in the reflection of those darkened glasses. Please. And the best evidence of this is that 16 key infrastructure entities that, doggone it, we wanted to tell the Russians are off limits. You better not hack these things that mean so much to us, which is essentially like saying, here are the things that we uh, that, that, that you should hack. If hacking is a malicious activity, which by its definition it is, and someone does you the great favor of telling you the things they're most concerned about, those are the things that you're going to go after from that dank little uh, gray office building in St. Petersburg or wherever you happen to be, Russia, not Florida. So, um, and by the way, the, the, uh, the, the added ridiculousness of the 16 things we don't want you to touch, you know, don't hack these, doesn't that by exclusion mean that Virtually anything else is fair game. Here is a um, a crazy foreign policy suggestion, and that is that Joe Biden should have sat down with Vladimir Putin and said, I'm going to tell you the things that you should not hack in my country. Everything. All of America is off limits. There's no such thing as okay cybercrime. We don't view some things as more egregious than others. We We view the entire thing as completely unacceptable, it happens with your complete knowledge and permission, you could stop it if you wanted to. If you're such the authoritarian bigwig, be that guy and stop this cyber attack, this wave of cyber attacks. We know you can do it, and we're going to judge accordingly if it doesn't happen. That's what you tell Putin. That's what you do. And look, I know that speaking of seeing things through a certain lens, everybody sees Trump through what they thought of him. I loved every day of the Trump presidency. Was there the occasional tweet that made me go, oh, Lord, sir, you're killing me? Sure. Was there the occasional moment of excess? You know, that people don't, hey, Mark, what do you think of him now? What do you think of him now? I'll tell you what I think of him now. I love him now. I'd rather have a president who's right on virtually every issue, who has a couple of behavioral excesses and a couple of mean tweets, than have somebody who is a, a scholarly gentleman who's wrong about everything. So spare me all this stuff that we're supposed to uh, lament as conservatives from the Trump presidency. I miss it. Every day. Real quick, as we wrap up this segment, get ready to take some calls. 
we're going to get a whole face full of Trump in the next couple of weeks. He's going to have a, a huge, a huge uh, in-person, uh, full-capacity rally here, I think, on the 26th. And then on the 30th, 12 days from now, here in my state, Trump and Governor Greg Abbott at the border, where Lord knows Kamala Harris dares not go. So good times ahead. And your call's ahead. 818-Prager-776. Mark Davison for Dennis. Be right back. The Dennis Prager Show. Don't you get tired of commercials screaming at you to buy gold now with inflated promises on future values? In an unregulated industry, you need honest, real experts to give you solid advice to protect your wealth and top picks on the best coins and bullion. As environmental policy becomes a hot topic, one precious metal that's been significantly undervalued for years is potentially set to surge. Nick Grovich, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has long recommended this precious metal. Up to 600,000 ounces of this rare metal will be needed by 2030 to produce green hydrogen. Nick is doubling down on this pick, and you should too. Call Nick at AmFed Coin and Bullion to find out more. I've been friends with Nick for years, and he's my go-to guy when it comes to coins and bullion. I trust him. That's a very big statement, by the way. Call Nick at 800-221-7694, 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. And if you do that right now, you'll say, hey, that's not Dennis Prager, and you'd be correct about that. Dennis is back on Monday. Mark Davis with you here in my cozy studio here, just uh, just a few hundred yards from the eastern border of DFW International Airport. So we may have airplane noise. <laughs> We have we have good uh, good soundproofing. All right, the sound I want to hear is you on the phone. So let's do it. One eight Prager seven seven six. Mark Davis in for Dennis, and let us head up to the beautiful Pacific Northwest, where it's uh, substantially cooler than it is here. I'm guessing we are in Seattle. Peter, hey, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you? Well, I'm good. Uh, you know, when uh, Trump met Putin, he took Putin's word for everything, and he denied his own intelligence agency. For for, for everything, everything like what? Interfering with our election. Oh, okay, really? So, and so, your suggestion is that he was closer to the Putin version of events than "quote unquote" his own intelligence agencies. Is that your complaint? Well, yeah. <laughs> what did those intelligence agencies say? Russia interfered with our election. Was that true? Yes. In what way? <laughs> well, they had this thing called. Um, uh, it was a website where they printed... Ooh, lines. a website. Ooh. Peter, look, I love you. Uh, Russian interference is is like your Uncle Fred doing Facebook posts. They changed not one vote. They, they the, the Mueller probe crashed and burned. Maybe you missed that. The whole Russia, Russia, Russia obsession was a complete joke. So this notion of he believed Putin and didn't believe his own intelligence, it's not so much who Trump believed. His version of events wound up being borne out accurately, that Russian interference was wildly overblown and that his that this intelligence community filled with with frauds like 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 Clapper and Comey and McCabe, they stand disgraced. You know, you're completely wrong, and your audience... In, in, in what way? In what way? Please, please please, tell me what I've said that's wrong. Go. They interfere with our election. No, no, don't, don't be a broken yeah. record. I, I told you the well, way they, in which... In had, what, uh, in what significant website, way? Which, uh, Ooh, the, the, oh, the website again. Oh, my heavens, the website. Spares from websites. Anything else? Have a great day. All right, 1-8-Prager-776. We are in... Orlando. Lisa, hey, Mark Davison for Dennis. How are you? 
Thank you. I'm wonderful, retired merchant marine that loves America. I'll make uh, it <laughs> Thank you for both. Thank Go you for your service and your call. Here. Thank you. Um, God bless us all. I believe Nancy Pelosi is a demon that put two lily pads named Her- uh, Harrison Biden in the Oval Office. Lily I think pads. she wants that seat worse than Hillary. And uh, I'm first back at the polls when Trump re-enters the race. Let's put a pit bull back in the Oval Office. We need it bad. Hey, Lisa, so let's stop fighting each other. Hey, <laughs> yeah, really. Let's let's aim our fire where it needs to be aimed. Um, for the record, I've listen. Data can change. Evidence can change. You can. You know, who knows? I believe it's a less than fifty percent chance that President Trump himself runs. I think he's having too much of a good time in the private sector. Would that be double, triple awesome if he pulled a Grover Cleveland, as it's called, and, uh, and served two unconsecutive terms, came back and won again? Uh, that, that would just be incredibly cool, partly because of its inherent value and also the number of heads that would explode and in what TV organizations that would happen. But all other things being equal, I, and I'm not channeling him or you know reading his mind or anything. I'm just thinking that since there is a person on the planet named Ron DeSantis, and since there are some other folks, uh, I've, I've taken real, I, I mean, I've always been interested and respected this gentleman. I think it's pretty clear to a lot of people that Mike Pompeo is running for president. Great. Uh, Tom Cotton. Uh, there are all kinds of welcome, strong, conservative voices, people with spine and clarity and foresight and courage who can be, I mean, what you might call the heir to the Trump revolution. Because we are not in a a post-Trump Republican Party. We, we are in a post-Trump presidency. The presidency, presidency is post-Trump, sadly. Or is it? I know, I know. Uh, but, but so there we are. So uh, your thoughts are welcome. Mark Davis and for Dennis got a couple of thoughts about the future of the party and other things next. It is the Dennis Prager Show on this Friday, the 18th day of June, 2021. Mark Davis filling in from 6.60 a.m. The answer went on kind of a roll there after the, the wonderful lady who had called. And she was talking about, uh, you know, that, that she wants a president back who's kind of the bull in the china shop. Let, let's spend a little bit on, on presidential personality. And part of what we were uh, treated to on this uh, Biden European vacation was, oh, he's so nice, and the Europeans are just, oh, they're breathing a sigh of relief, and everything is so affable, and he's so likable, and oh, just what a what a nice man. Yeah, that is for the birds. Listen, should everybody be nice? Should you be pleasant? Should you be like Of course, as a personal attribute, that's com- a- absolutely true. But in terms of, of conducting the presidency, I don't mean you should be a jerk on purpose. I don't mean you should be unlikable or intentionally hostile or anything like that. Not at all. What I mean is that putting America first is going to, by definition, create tension around the world. That we don't need to be liked. We need to be respected. And and the funny thing is that when we are respected, it does kind of fold back on itself and become admiration grudging admiration, maybe, from some countries and from some leaders. But for the four years of Trump, you just knew what you were going to get, that this was a president who was going to place America's interest first, and he didn't care which foreigners cared or which Americans cared. 
He was going to do what he was going to do, and the main motivating force was going to be America as his main priority, our best interests, our borders, our culture, our economy. You knew where he stood. With Biden out here kowtowing and with the return of the America last agenda, do you feel safer? Does that does that make you feel better? Is the economy stronger? Are our prospects brighter? So a few people have made this analogy. You want the president to be like your agent negotiating for you. Let's say you're a big movie star and you're trying to negotiate a contract with a movie studio. Do you want somebody to go in there and just be incredibly kind and nice and sweet? Or do you want that person to go in like a pit bull and get the job done? And then, you know, go out and have a lovely uh, steak and a cocktail afterward. You want that person fighting for you. You want a fighter. And and we don't we don't have people fighting for America anymore. I I mean I've it's it's a bit of a chuckle here in my state of Texas, but it's actually pretty pathetic that our governor, I mean a governor showing up anywhere in a state is you know, our governor Abbott should be at the border all the time. I mean it's the, the the border is in his state, and here comes Donald Trump to come to the border on the thirtieth. Just circle this date on the calendar. Just circle this date on the calendar, June thirtieth. Donald Trump comes to Texas and visits the border with Governor Greg Abbott, both of them showing up there before the so-called border czar does. Kamala Harris border czar. I guess she's too busy, you know, I I, I don't know, looking for root causes. That explained the trip to Guatemala. By the way, God bless Guatemala. And are there things in these various other countries, Guatemala, Nicaragua, El Salvador, are, are there visits that one can make of substance? Sure, of course. Is there a, an element of the story that involves where some of these folks ultimately come from? And they're not all from Mexico. Some of them you know, traipse through Mexico on the way to Texas or Arizona or California from those other countries. But that's not where the problem is right now. That's not where the problem I think um, Jesse Waters phrased it this way, that Kamala going to Guatemala to look at root causes and to pretend that that's effective. Is like walking into your house. Let's say the doors are open in your house, and you walk in, your house is filled with bees. And what you do is you walk out of your house, leave the doors open, and walk next door and talk to your neighbor who's a beekeeper and try to solve the problem there. When all you really needed to do was close the doors to your house. Hat tip to Jesse for that uh, sweet metaphor. All right, one eight Prager seven seven six one eight Prager seven seven six. We are in Dallas, Orlando. Hey, Mark Davison for Dennis. How you doing? All right, Mark. Great to hear you on there. I'm out here in Dallas as well. Thanks. My comment, yes, sir. My comment was basically a lot of times I believe that Republicans need to stop fighting the beast of or these liberal policies. In these cities that have voted for these actual politicians, these liberal politicians. Yep. For example, the example I was given to her was take Portland, for example. They okay. voted for this mayor again after this dramatic increase mm-hmm. in violence in the chaos that's going on. Mm-hmm. Their murder rate is 2,000%. They just lost over 50 police. 
on their rapid response team that quit over the policies that are going on. I believe that Republicans should just let it happen. I don't feel sorry for anyone who goes on the news talk about Portland, Oregon, or any of these other liberal cities about crime rate. Guess what? You get what you voted for. If we stop trying to spoon feed or slow it down, I believe that these dramatic policies will cause a bomb rush of people voting for Republicans in the future in this next upcoming election. Uh, Orlando, I think that's totally valid. I mean, I mean, I want good things to happen in every city. Uh, if it takes a Republican mayor in every city to make things better, I want that. If a Democrat mayor, you know, on occasion has the the clarity to make things better and separate out from the radical left, looking to defund the police and and let shoplifting go, I cannot get the imagery out of my head of that guy in a Walgreens, Walgreens, right, in San Francisco with a hefty bag full of pilfered merchandise on a bike for a hasty exit riding right by the security people and out the front door. And the gentleman's point here is let it go. That instead of decrying and lamenting and trying to change these failed policies, I mean, let's have the people in those cities work to change them by electing better leadership. But as far as at the national level, if this is the way it's going to go and they're not going to change them in the near term, take a look at this city, that city, this city, that city, and say, look here, here's what the ideas of the left do in your neighborhood. Glad to be in your neighborhood today on the Dennis Prager Show. Mark Davison for Dennis and back with more of your calls next. 1-8-Prager-776. Stick around. This show is now available on live video streaming on Town Hall TV. The summertime soundtrack. On the Dennis Prager Show, Mark Davis filling in from 660 AM, the answer in the big DFW. Let us hop back to your call, see what's going on. We are in Chicago. John, welcome, Mark Davis, and happy Friday, and welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Hi, thanks for taking my call once again. I wanted to follow up on the previous caller who was objecting to the fact that Donald Trump had kowtowed to Vladimir Putin when they met in Helsinki and took his word over the highest levels of U.S intelligence and law enforcement uh that caller was not really armed with a lot of the facts i'd like to share some of those facts with you see if you can do better go right ahead okay well first of all whether you like u.s law enforcement and intelligence the fact of the matter is, is that they unanimously say russia meddled in our election in 2016 to help trump and trump rejected that conclusion and sided with Putin. You can't change that. What is what is the definition of meddling? What is your understanding of what that meddling was? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, in August of 2016, Trump's campaign manager, Paul Manafort, and his associate, Robert Gates, printed out internal Trump campaign polling data, including information regarding battleground states, and met with a Russian agent named Konstantin Kalimnik and gave him that information. And what effect uh, did that have? And what if and what we don't you, know. you did that? We that don't. Oh, we, we don't know. Then isn't it a bit of a leap to suggest? I mean, if unless one defines meddling as any random meeting between people, if that suddenly constitutes oh, oh, meaningful oh, sir, meddling. Sir, sir. So no, no, give no, me no, something. No. Give me something meaningful that actually okay, mattered. OK, yeah, it was not a random meeting. It was a give me something that matters, something that something that had an effect. I understand you don't really want to hear the answer. I, dude, I'm asking. I make. I am making you say things that make sense. What is something that okay. actually mattered to the election result or had an effect on the election? Go. 
We, we also know from, from American intelligence and law enforcement that Russia hacked a DNC server and obtained illegally obtained internal DNC emails, which right. were distributed through Wiki, WikiLeaks, which Correct. Donald Trump then celebrated and welcomed on the campaign trail. He thought it was wonderful. That we is, also know that – if can I continue? Can I no, tell no, you no, no, but here's the thing. I'm asking you for things, and you are not supplying them. You're giving us electoral <laughs> history, which is true, <laughs> or what they did with the WikiLeaks thing. But it, it, did that have an effect on the election? Was it anything that we actually involved know. meddling? I mean, <laughs> if, if, dude, if that's meddling with the election, my Uncle Fred meddled in the election by planting a Facebook post. John, you just – you hate Trump's guts – the, 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 this Sir, law enforcement, you, this you, this James Comey, this James Comey clapper cabal stands discredited, and so pick better heroes. Donald Trump Jr. took a meeting with a Russian uh. lawyer connected to Putin at Trump Tower. Ooh, please tell me about more meetings. Please tell okay. me about more. Please share with me more delicious things of more meetings. Please give me meetings, meetings, and more meetings. And someday, if you're inclined, tell me something that mattered. But I love you. Mark Davison for Dennis Prager. Back for another two hours of excitement on a Friday show. Stick around. The Dennis Prager Show. Live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. 